The Moselle River is a tributary that flows and fills the Rhine. The Moselle begins in northeastern France and floats its way through Luxembourg and eventually ripples a lazy journey into western Germany. As the Moselle River wends its way to join its larger, more famous cousin, the Rhine, it passes through the Elts Forest and the city of Wersheim. It's likely that none of this means much to you, unless you are from Germany. But I want you to imagine yourself floating the river. The hills are covered with black pine, spruce, ash, and beech trees. Woodland creatures scamper amongst the undergrowth, and the smell of petrichor is abundant. The Elts Forest is the sort of place that fairy tales happen in. And just as you might expect Hansel and Gretel to arrive, a bend in the river brings the Elts Castle into view. Now in Germany, castles are all over the place, but very few castles are like Berg Elts. This castle has a secret. For well over 800 years, Elts Castle has been owned by the exact same family. I'm Scott Beyer, and this is the Love Better Podcast, where we explore the truths and lies about love, and more importantly, how to turn love into a skill, something we can get better at and hone along the way. For 34 generations, the Elts family has owned a castle in western Germany. It is everything you would expect a German castle to be. It has spires and turrets and cobblestone pathways and an epic view from atop the high rock spur it sits upon. 34 generations of inheritance. That's almost 900 years of the Elts family passing down this gigantic castle from one generation to the next. It's almost unheard of. Typically, somewhere along the line, war, politics, poverty, or simply a lack of stable lineage will destroy the chain of hands that would keep something like a castle in the care of a single clan. Why? Well, simply put, inheritance is tough. Normally, what we inherit gets lost along the way from one generation to the next, or in the very least, it gets diluted. Today, I want to talk about inheritance, because if we want to love better, it's going to require a conversation about what we're passing down to those we love. The Bible talks a lot about inheritance, both the ones we receive and the ones we pass down. And I'm not just talking about finances. Although financial inheritance is probably an easy spot to start, the Bible says in Proverbs 13, 22, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Financial gifts are definitely a blessing to pass down to our children and grandchildren. When you save more than you spend, it puts you in a position to create a legacy of financial success. It takes planning and thought. and Well, you just simply don't wake up one morning and leave a castle behind. You have to make a will. You have to save and carefully manage what you save so that you have something to leave behind and then leave behind in the right hands. Proverbs 31 even talks about the financial privilege that is enjoyed by children of godly parents in that the woman of Proverbs 31 dresses her family in scarlet through her financial savvy and industrious hands. Privilege is a bit of a dirty word in today's culture, but it really shouldn't be. If you can store up and create a privilege for your children without leaving them entitled, 
Well, that's clearly a loving thing to do. But you notice what I said there? Financial inheritance is a privilege, but only if they aren't entitled. Money in the hands of a spoiled brat who doesn't know how to work or save or share with others, that isn't a blessing, it's a curse. It isn't enough to hand down a financial inheritance. We want to leave children with the gift of a moral code. In the ever-increasing effort to educate my children in the exceptional qualities of folk music, I've introduced them to voices like Simon and Garfunkel, Crosby, Steeles, and Nash, and the lesser-known, but equally fantastic, Mark Cohn. Mark Cohn is best known for his hit single from 1991, Walking in Memphis. It won him a Grammy. But in 1993, two years later, he released an album entitled The Rainy Season. It's folksy and lyrical and exactly the kind of music my family begs me to stop listening to in public. On that album, the 11th track, the last track, is a song I can hardly hear without tearing up just a bit. Partway through cutting this album, Mark found out that his wife was pregnant and he was expecting a child. And so he penned the song, The Things We've Handed Down. I'll spare you reading all the words of the song, and I'll just read you verse three's lyrics. I wonder who you'll look like. Will your hair fall down and curl? Will you be a mama's boy or daddy's little girl? Will you be a sad reminder of what's been lost along the way? Maybe you can help me find her in the things you do and say. And these things that we have given you, they are not so easily found. Oh, but you can thank us later for the things we've handed down. The things we've handed down that Mark Cohn is discussing are involuntary inherited traits. Children who inherit facial features, eye color, hair color, these things come from the genetics of their parents. Maybe you have your mother's chin or your grandpa's ears or perhaps you have your great-grandfather to thank for your male pattern baldness. Some folks have dimples and others can roll their tongue. Even your sense of taste is inherited from your ancestors. There's a percentage of humanity that finds cilantro disgusting because it tastes like soap to them, all because of inherited genetic traits. These traits, though beautiful in their own right, are completely randomized and we have no control over what we hand down. But we also have voluntary inherited traits we pass down too. And these are an inheritance we do have control over. The company we keep impacts the way we live. And when your children laugh just like their mother, or they sigh like their old man, this is behavioral mimicry, not genetics. You might have heard of it as the difference between nature and nurture. Nature is what traits we naturally are born with, and then there are the behavioral traits that are nurtured by those who raise us. Most of my children, they came home through adoption, so we don't share any nature traits. But if you listen to how they talk, watch their hand gestures, or listen to them tell corny dad jokes, you will know they're mine. Children are especially susceptible to mimicking behavior, but even as adults, we tend to parrot the behavior of the company that we keep. Some things to consider. 
Did you know that children who do chores are more likely to take on more responsibility at work as they get older? Or children with high-stress parents struggle with behavioral and emotional problems? Or children whose parents set high expectations of them do better academically? Deuteronomy 6 addresses this principle when God told Israel, These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. The point of this passage in Deuteronomy is to intentionally teach your children things because, well, if not, you will unintentionally teach them things. Your home is a place of education for those young minds in it, and the behavior they see becomes the behavior they mimic, and the environment they are in becomes the one they are likely to replicate later. The law of inheritance is that what you live is what your children inherit, patience or anger issues, nervous anxiety or peaceful faith, generosity of spirit or selfish ambition. A child's home is their school of character. So don't just leave them money. Leave them skills, character, and habits. The Bible gives an excellent crossroads between the inheritance of finances and the inheritance of character. Two boys, Ephraim and Manasseh, received both. In Genesis 48, Ephraim and Manasseh are best known for being given a portion in the inheritance of Israel, essentially becoming two tribes because Jacob elevates them to being equal with his sons instead of his grandsons. These two boys received two inheritances, the financial inheritance of joining the ranks of the 12 tribes of Israel and the character inheritance of being raised by Joseph one of the most godly men in the history of the Old Testament. When financial privilege is combined with a character inherited from mom and dad, it's a blessing. But finances without the character, that's a train wreck. Solomon describes inheritance's need for character when he says, wisdom along with an inheritance is good and an advantage to those who see the sun in Ecclesiastes 7.11. And he also describes how that often isn't the case because in the exact same book, in chapter 2, he will say of his own wealth, Thus I hated all the fruit of my labor for which I had labored under the sun, for I must leave it to the man who will come after me, and who knows whether he will be a wise man or a fool. Yet he will have control over all the fruit of my labor for which I have labored by acting wisely under the sun. This too is vanity. The lesson? Money isn't a gift if it isn't combined with wisdom. Oftentimes, if we aren't intentional with our character and behavior, the thing that we pass down to the next generation, it isn't love, and it isn't money, and it isn't character. The thing that we pass down is trauma. One of the most commonly inherited things nowadays is trauma. Today in the U.S., 43% of children live without their father. More and more psychologists argue that the upcoming generation should be called the fatherless generation because the trend is growing. When parents aren't there for their kids, 
they definitely aren't being loved better. Fatherless children account for 90% of all homeless and runaways, 71% of teen pregnancies, 63% of youth suicides, 71% of high school dropouts, and 70% of the juveniles in state institutions. Children who live absent their fathers are on average at least two to three times more likely to be poor, to use drugs, to experience educational, health, emotional, and behavioral problems, to be victims of child abuse, and to engage in criminal behavior than their peers who live with their married, biological, or adoptive parents. When fathers aren't involved... And mothers too, but I will say, statistically, mothers do not seem to be the majority of the problem nowadays. Our children inherit a vacuum of love, and character becomes replaced by trauma. The word trauma means a deeply distressing or disturbing experience. In all of our interactions with others, we can either be a blessing or a distress. We can leave them with goodness or with darkness. Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, would address the importance of using our time with people wisely when he says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. And perhaps that's really all inherited love comes down to. In all your relationships, make the best use of the time, because you don't get any of that time back. An inheritance is what you leave people with after you're gone. You may not have a castle in Bavaria to offer the next 34 generations, but you can leave them with your love no matter what. Learn to love better. Leave behind the lives you touch with an inheritance of character and care. If you've listened this far, Hopefully we've done something to help make your life a little bit better. Would you mind returning the favor and helping us by subscribing to the podcast through your favorite platform? By sharing with others or leaving a review on Apple Podcast, you help us reach more people. Also, if you want more information about the work I'm doing at Eastland, visit us at eastlandchristians.org or my personal Bible site, biblegrad.com where you can sign up for daily Bible devotionals called Bible Bites and receive them in your email each morning, take online Bible classes, or find videos that will help you study through the Bible throughout the year. And until next time, remember you are loved. So go love better.